Nothing runs like a horse. Some animals might run faster, but none run more beautifully. In your imagination, you can see the slow-motion images of the rippling muscles, the pounding hooves, the sunshine reflecting on their gleaming coats. Well, I knew one horse who looked like every cliché, but ran like no other, and she ran straight into my heart. She was only three, and I was only 14. When you're 14, your brain is a window wide open, letting the tornado of your life blow right through. And amongst all the swirling input, there are certain things that come in and never leave. It's June 1973. This was the number one hit song. I'm coming home, I've done my time. Now I've got to know and Secretariat has just become the first horse in 25 years to win the Triple Crown, obliterating his competition in the Belmont Stakes by 31 lengths and setting a new world record. Secretariat is widening now. He is moving like a tremendous machine. Interest in horse racing is soaring. Listen to the crowd, listen. Women's Lib is in full swing. I am woman, hear me roll. Ms. Magazine is just one year old. The Equal Rights Amendment has been ratified in 30 states, but still is a very contentious issue. And in September of 73, a loudmouth former tennis champion named Bobby Riggs becomes the male chauvinist pig that everyone loves to hate. The male is king, the male is supreme. I've said it over and over again. I still feel that way. Girls play a nice game of tennis for girls. Riggs? had to eat his own words when tennis great Billie Jean King beat him in a match dubbed the Battle of the Sexes at the Houston Astrodome in front of 30,000 people watched on television by 50 million more. She beat him in three straight sets. Though it was a media circus with a lot of over-the-top bluster, he rode into the Astrodome on a rickshaw pulled by four scantily clad models, and she came on a Cleopatra-era litter carried by muscular men dressed as slaves, it captured the attention of the country, tennis fan or no. King's victory changed not only the face of women's tennis, but by all accounts moved the women's liberation movement forward immeasurably. Fast forward two years to 1975. Enter the beautiful Philly Ruffian. Mira, with survivor's sorrow ranging up and Ruffian along the inside now moving and taking the lead. She was 17 hands tall with a dark coat and a small white star on her forehead. As a yearling, people thought she was too fat to be a serious contender on the track until they saw her run. The other's now far back as Ruffian draws away to lead by nine. It's Ruffian in front and going easily. She was an amazing uh, mover. Uh, she just seemed to detach herself from the fields. She went, went to the front and just left the rest of them behind. I mean, I think her average margin of victory was like 10 lengths or something. It was unbelievable. She set two track records. Uh, and she never seemed to be even trying that hard. That was John McAvoy, then editor of the Daily Racing Form and father of my good friend Julia McAvoy, who I rode with when I was young. Like many 14-year-old girls, 
I loved horses. And Ruffian, well, she was a phenom who came along just as my adoration of the species was at its height. In Ruffian's first race, she won by 15 lengths and set a new record. And in every subsequent race, she broke the track record or matched it, making her undefeated in her first 10 races. By the time she was two, she was dubbed Queen of the Phillies and was fast earning a reputation as one of the best female racehorses to ever come along. As they move to the 16th pole, it's Ruffian in front by seven. Ruffian going easily in front. Others now far back as Ruffian throws away to lead by nine. It's Ruffian in front and going easily. When it came time to race in the most famous of all horse races, the Kentucky Derby in 1975, Ruffian had a minor injury and couldn't race. The Colt Foolish Pleasure won the Derby that year, and there were inevitable comparisons between him and Ruffian, the best male horse, the best female. And everyone wondered about an equine battle of the sexes. What would happen if they were ever to meet on a track? July 6, 1975, was the date of the great match, as it was known. Foolish pleasure, the Kentucky Derby winner against Ruffian, the top filly. Boy against girl. 50,000 people came to watch, and another 18 million tuned in on TV. People who loved horses, people who loved sport, people who were caught up in the superiority of either sex. There was enough drama in this story to appeal to everyone. Here's John McAvoy again. Foolish Pleasure was trained by a man named Leroy Jolly, a very good trainer. And uh, his father was Moody Jolly, an old Kentucky hard boot. And as you know, this was during the feminism era, and Moody Jolly was an old cracker. And uh, he said before the race, we're going to beat this bitch, which was pretty astonishing to most of us who had heard that. Now remember, there were only three major networks back then, maybe five or six channels on the TV that actually worked. A big event then was a really, really big event. Everyone talked about it, watched it, then talked about it some more. I think that Ruffian's going to win because she's the better horse. Well, I pick Foolish Pleasure just because he's a male. Ruffian because she's a female. I like Foolish Pleasure because I'm a male chauvinist pig. It is now post time. I was crouching just inches from the TV. Coming out of the gate, Ruffian hit her shoulder hard. She collected herself and ran. After a quarter mile, Ruffian was ahead by a nose. One furlong later, she was in front by half a length. Then, suddenly, confusion. Ruffian has broken down. Ruffian has stopped. No one knew what was happening. Her jockey was trying to stop her. I could see him pulling on her reins with all his might, but she kept running. Foolish pleasure charged ahead. By the time Ruffian finally stopped, I could see that her leg was broken. The dream race had become an absolute nightmare. I could feel a shockwave rippling through the crowd. Watching at home, I was aghast, stunned. My chest hurt. I called out to my mom. In the stands, astonishment horror, tears. Officials came running. She was rushed into an ambulance. I feel sick even thinking about it. The two sesamoid bones in Ruffian's right front leg were shattered. And because she had continued to try to run after her injury, the wound was filled with dirt from the trap. An attempt was made to operate on the leg, but it was unsuccessful. And Ruffian had to be destroyed. 
destroyed. What a word. Ruffian was buried at Belmont Park, with her nose pointed toward the finish line for all of eternity. Racing changed that day. Safety was called into question. Procedures improved upon. Everyone watching the race experienced a shared heartbreak, shared guilt, and shared misery. Until then, at 14, I'd never stopped to think about how things can go wrong, especially when the stakes are so amped up. Now, as an adult, I think about it all the time. The whole country was caught up in the battle of the sexes. We'd already had one in the famous tennis match between Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs in 73. Then we demanded another one on the racetrack. And there, the beautiful, undefeated ruffian paid for our follies with her life. Did we do this to her? Were we all to blame? I didn't watch many horse races after that. The whole sport just seemed tainted. But the horses... You can never stop loving the horses. Oh, ruffian, what a beauty you were. What talent you showed us. What hearts you captured. Mine was one, and I never, ever forgot you. I am woman, hear me roar, in numbers too big to ignore. And I know too much to go back and pretend. I've heard 